Good morning. Welcome to Tom's World Language Cafe, coming to you live from Fishers, Indiana, north of Indianapolis on a hot, hot day here. It's going to 98 degrees. And so um, wherever you're at, I hope you're staying cool because it's pretty warm, right? And uh, today we have uh, with us a lot of guests, a lot of teachers from um, a great, great school uh, district in Florida, in uh, Fort Myers, Florida. And Luis Lillard is going to tell us about that school, et cetera, in a minute. And the, what project happened is happening right now, what projects. And uh, we're going to get a lot of teachers' opinions here today. And it should be a delightful, delightful broadcast. And I would remind you to check in. Um, in July, we are going to have uh, Jill Pritchard, uh, renowned teacher, uh, and also world traveler talk to us on the program. And then uh, later in July and August, we will have some live broadcasts from Madrid, Spain. We're gonna be in España, so we're gonna be live from Madrid. Um, so let's see what we're gonna have here now. Uh, Luis uh, is gonna talk to us just in a second. Luis, are you ready to go? Yeah, we are. Okay, <laughs> all right. So we're on the move here. So Luis is um, the department chairman at uh, the, uh, this particular school in Fort Myers, Florida. And I want him to give the exact name of the school and tell you a little bit about the school district and these wonderful teachers that are with us today. And I want to thank all of them for being on the broadcast. Okay, Luis. Well, this is East Lee County High School's, um, I'm a teacher East Lee County High School, and I need to make sure I clarify everything. First of all, this is uh, Florida Foreign Language Association's uh, workshop, and we're having it here in Lee County, Florida. Um, we have a host of people from various counties. We have people from Collier County, from Volusia County, from Henry County, and our own Lee County. So there's um, people from all over the state and um, we're currently at Fort Myers Middle Academy School in Fort Myers. Um, and people are from different places uh, across this part of the region of Florida. So we're meeting because we're having a world language workshop. Um, and it's a two and a half day workshop. We were here on Tuesday, Wednesday, and now Thursday for half a day. And we've been working on um, a project of putting together the syllabi for um, Spanish 1, Spanish 2, Spanish 3, French 1, French 2, French 3, um, and we've been working with positivity and creativity. So we're just putting things together to um, basically um, make sure that we have uh, a way to approach this coming school year. Um, now that we're kind of emerging definitely out of COVID, although there's some strains that are kind of running around, but we think that we're going to be moving forward. So um, that being said, we have um, people from different places, and I think we probably should let them introduce themselves because that would be better that way. That's so, great. Uh, go ahead. So let's start over here, Martha. Hi, I'm Martha Borges, and I work for Collier County Public Schools. I'm a curriculum facilitator. My boss is uh, Fernand Villon, and so um, I have one teacher here from Collier also working um, with Lee and Henry and Lush County teachers. Thank you. I am Mark Voorhees. Um, I teach at a school in Collier County called Gulf Coast High School, about 2,500 students. And I teach multiple levels of Spanish. And at our school, we have Spanish and French. Thank you. 
Craig Levitt, Douglas Anderson School of the Arts in Duval County, which is Jacksonville. I am here as a member of the FFLA board to support the work we're doing here, and my background is in American Sign Language. Thank you. Hi, I'm Soraya Maji. I work for Mainland High School. I teach multiple levels of Spanish, and in our school, we're very lucky to have Japanese, French, Spanish, and sign language. Thank you. I am Rosana Mercedes Delgado. I, um, I am from Volusia County Schools. I teach beginning Spanish and Spanish 1 uh, in Creekside Middle School in Fort Orange, Florida. Thank you. My name is Susan Delego. I teach at Estero High School in Lee County, and I am the French teacher all by myself. Thank you. My name is Janet Vargas. I teach at Estero High School, and I teach uh, different Spanish levels. Thank you. Hi, I'm Elle Anthony. I'm also representative of FFLA. I'm president-elect designee for 2024. I'm actually in Palm Beach County. I'm the World Language Chair. Um, I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. My name is Medley Noel. I am an ESC teacher at Hans Marsh Middle School. I'm aspiring to teach Spanish, French, whichever one is needed for the following year, just to embrace the new community that is upcoming in Florida. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, my name is Amarillas Rodriguez. I am a Spanish teacher at Challenger Middle here in Lee County, and I teach Spanish one, and I'm the only one Spanish teacher at school. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Hello, Omar Perez, and I'm at uh, South Fort Myers High School, and I teach Spanish one. Okay, that is now we're going to move on. We'll get everybody? Yes. Yeah, yes. Thank you very much. Um, so, Let's talk a little bit about uh, what um, you've been doing. Uh, Louise, can you kind of uh, give the listeners an idea of what's been going on? Well, we've been working on um, building a syllabus. Uh, we've combined um, the curriculum maps and planning guides from three or four different counties to come up, to come up with one that would um, substantiate um, new incoming teachers and also to provide um, some guidance to others that may be looking for how should I teach my classes for Spanish 1, Spanish 2, Spanish 3, French 1, French 2, French 3. So we've just been providing some input for uh, formulation of those syllabi. Um, so we can post it on the Florida Foreign Language Association website and then um, have those available for anybody that would be interested in, in using them. And so it's been a really good experience doing that, putting that together. Wonderful, that's super. Um, so, Martha, that was Martha, right? Yes. Martha, uh, a question for you. Uh, we talked earlier a little bit about creativity uh, the, the first day, uh, and I was in interested in what's your uh, take on creativity in the classroom. Is that always a goal, pretty much? Uh, and how do we go about getting better at that? Well, I think it needs to be a goal for both the teacher and the students. Um, as long as we kind of rein them in a little bit with our wisdom as far as school and classroom management and all of that. But we have so many people that teach Spanish in our department from all around the world. 
And um, just even as we were sitting talking the other day, just the ideas that were coming out of people and how we were able to, uh, to grow and expand and how we're thinking about how we'll be presenting material in the fall, you know, it was, it was nice. And I think our students are gonna benefit. We did have a chance to do a lab yesterday and some of these students were here, are here, and um, they enjoyed what we presented. They felt engaged. And I'm always surprised at uh, what my students come up with, um, the questions they ask, and the things that they create uh, when you give them a little more space. Yes, beautiful. That's well said. Um, now, uh, Mark, um, do you consider yourself a really creative teacher? I do. I think there's always room for improvement, but um, the setup of my classroom is unique. There are tables, so it, I think, um, helps with collaboration. Obviously, we set the grammar rules at the beginning of the year, and it's refreshing to hear students tell you that you're doing something unique in a classroom that they're not doing under their classrooms. Yeah, now, that's a neat word, unique. Um, um, who would like to say a few words about uniqueness in the classroom? I know all of you do that. And can you share some of your unique ideas or thoughts about teaching with the, the listeners? Um, anybody want to start? Something unique this year for me was using QR codes that would allow students to uh, be transported to um, an activity that we did on artists in Latin America and they were able to look at a variety of artists and then um, answer some questions about um, which artists inspired them, how they felt, if the art were a slogan, what would the slogan be? And then they had to create their own art based on the artists that they saw uh, and present. Thank you very much. Yeah, well, well said, beautiful idea. Any other ideas that you'd like to share? Some things that you do with the yes. listeners? Yes. Uh, this is um, Uniqueness for me is the idea that every child is unique in their own way, and you have to pick their interests to actually be able to teach them, and every child can learn. That is my model. And from there, because of the diverse population that we have in the school system, it's always good to peek in their cultural background to actually bring their interests to life. And this is the best way to use uniqueness to actually teach them because that's how they learn this. Yes. And, and um, any other ideas on that uniqueness, things that you want to share with everybody that you'd like to share? As like Jim said, that every student is unique. Also, all teachers are unique as well. And this and unique is a word that even though it sounds like a simple thing or a small thing, it's a vast word. It's a huge word. So in the same way, uh, students are unique. We all teachers are unique too in the way we use our strategies, in the way, because you need to know your students first in order to develop that uniqueness. Is that a word that make you you, <laughs> that makes you, or that makes the magic of the learning happen? Yes, beautiful, well said. Uh, 
So I wanted to just share a little bit, uh, you know, as well about the, uh, you know, uh, we couldn't do it actually this uh, the end of the year, but any, uh, anyway, I kind of uh, shared with a colleague from my previous uh, 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 school, which was in a different state, Tennessee, where we wanted to actually try to give it a shot, try to uh, collaborate with, uh, uh, through Zoom with a, with a classroom from Tennessee. So they, their goal is to get uh, some, uh, you know, exchange with uh, my colleague there and my students here. So have some type of you know collaboration and, and work together. Yes, yeah. wonderful, beautiful. Uh, any other ideas or uniqueness things that you'd like to share? I just wanted to add that um, that's the reason why we do this. We get information from everybody. We share our ideas. We put things together, and things that you might not even think of comes up, and then you say, "Hey, I can." use this in my class with my kids. So that's just the beauty of this uh, workshop that we're doing right here. I just wanted to add that. Yes, and, uh, and we obviously need to do more of that, right? Uh, around the country, you, uh, you guys are really into the creativity aspect, which is wonderful. And uh, uh, what's your feeling about education in general should we do more creative things or are we at a pretty good place or do we need to get a little better yet uh, Eva. it's about the being better uh, do more it's uh, the generations are coming you need to know what they need first for example we are being next year with the pandemic in transition students what that means, there were students that were in transition from elementary to middle or middle to high school in the process of the pandemic. So we need to know first what, and this will take years probably, uh, what they need or how do we approach these new pandemic students that are coming um, at least for the next year or with my experience with the, this pandemic in transition. Academically, they were great. But in terms of structure and discipline, mm -hmm. we have a lot to work with. So I think, yeah, in terms of education, the generations are different. The students are different every year. Now with all these changes, changes the tool, the online, the technology, it's like, okay, so, where we are at and where we going more than ever we need to question that before let's set our next curriculum map uh, we need to know where we are first so thank you very much well said uh so the class structure um that you guys use in class can we share some of your thoughts on that class structure uh, individual study, individual learning, perhaps group learning, teamwork, teams, uh, you know, that type thing, TPRS, CI, all those things. What What is your structure of the class that you have the most fun with, right? We're going to talk about fun here a little bit. So what things do you have the most fun with when you're teaching, like the structure of the class? What are you doing when you have fun? Is it a normal class where 
the kids, uh, it, you know, it's like uh, they're just in rows or whatever and, and you're teaching and that's it. Or when do you have the most fun with the kids? Uh, it, or is that, can you let us know about that? Sure. Um, again, collaboration, I think, is the key. And in foreign language, sometimes a teacher might think speaking the language the whole time is beneficial to the students and there is value in that. However, giving the students a chance to speak during class is really critical. So um, I might do my five or 10 minutes of guidance in terms of what we're going to do, but giving the students a chance to make mistakes, speak the language, I think is valuable. Also, we're coming off of a pandemic where students were on laptops, and I think it's important we get them up and moving around the classroom, talking to different people, using the wonderful diversity in the classroom, native and non-native speakers, and quite frankly, the time goes quickly for them in a good way, so they're enjoying the class. Beautifully said, yes, and I totally concur with that. That's um, extremely important, right, to let the students use the language, right? And um, they're the ones that really need to practice. So we have to put them in a situations where they're using language. Yes, totally agree with that one. Any other ideas on that, that where you have fun with the kids in yes. class? Yes. Uh, for me, I find the pairing system and the grouping system works best. And when you rotate, it's even better because everybody get a chance to actually express themselves based on the topic that is chosen. So I really think group working and pairing and rotating works best. And for example, we had a game that actually connects. It's the sequence, but when you actually disperse it and you do it at random, each child will read their section knowing that somebody's next and then they could connect that way in that sense, express themselves based on what topic is used. Beautiful, yes, excellent. Um, what about teams? Do, do any of you teach with teams? Or do I do. I have a co-teacher and I have a para. So <laughs> my staff, well, I actually teach special education, okay. so which is a whole <laughs> different population in yeah. itself. So, um, yeah, when you teach with team, I think the best way is to collaborate with each other and you share ideas and you connect and you use your, your experiences. Uh, one other thing I wanted to say, because it is a world language, and even though we are unique, we always connect at a common point. Let it be food, let it be music, and everybody likes food, everybody likes music, everybody likes to see different designs and customs. So when you do that, you find the common ground, and then you build from there, and that's the best way to learn. So would you say that you guys as a group teaching-wise, would you call what you do pretty pragmatic, practical approach? And that means what works, right? Is that kind of how you operate, right? I'm guessing. Yes, pragmatic, but we have to be very careful because you cannot use a robotic system where you do instruction and you keep going. So you have to be flexible. Yes, yes, good. Student interest and to be sure that nobody gets shut down in the process because they're not connected. Is this to another routine? Yes, it, it's a different thing. Um, it has not this structure that they know where to follow. Uh, not necessarily a routine that we are like everyone like doing this, this, and that every single day. As long as it's structured and they know it, um, I think. I, I think that 
it's it uh, what is creativity or this or that uh, once you all your students are engaged if you have all your students engaged no matter how's the lesson there we are having fun they are having fun because all eyes are on you if you if that happened if that might happen then we are going to have fun yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's that's beautifully said again. Some great, great ideas. Now, so given these, these great things that you've been doing, what are you doing this year that's different? Because it sounds like you're making some different approaches and uh, from what you did the prior years, especially as far as the curriculum, right? Um, are, are you making some changes there that are really significant for me with Spanish one and I'm not sure how I would be able to trickle this to three four and AP but I would like to I started working on an interactive uh, workbook for next year and we talk about creativity being what the need being the mother of creativity and a need that I saw was that the kids aren't keeping their notes and so for open note tests they had nothing so I thought okay it's um creativity doesn't even have to begin with me it's so much borrowing it's so much lending it's so much sharing and when I saw that the biology teacher had an interactive workbook and the kids were making hot brains and hearts and all this stuff and they were enjoying it and coloring and you know taking pride in it I said oh, I'm gonna do that next year yeah. so I'm hoping that the interactive workbook just encapsulates the most important you know verbs and um, pronouns and things that they have a difficult time with be beautiful idea the the interactivity the, the notebook idea reminds me of um, sometimes when kids get in trouble in school a lot of it's simple what would we say ways to be a student right we, we used to say you know what you'll have a notebook or we used to say you'll have a folder and you put your papers in it but now we've gotten so much technology uh, in some cases that we forget about the important things and the basic things that uh, really help students keep organized right and so they can study for a test and have notes and uh, or even something to write in or, or write down it you know you might say well these are what we're going to study for the test right and then we're going to have a little vocab we're going to do this and the kids have to write it down right or have some way where they have to interact a little bit where you know where they have to do that um so let's go back a minute to um the uh student-centered classrooms. Now, would you um, guys say that you are student-centered teachers where the kids are involved a lot in your classroom? Or, I don't know, uh, is, that, uh, is that a valid statement to make? Yeah, yeah, Student-centered, so. uh, yeah. Yeah, most of the kids, nowadays you can't keep kids, right. you know, then you have to be able to have them active. Right. Uh, if you're direct instruction, then direct instruction works only for a certain amount of time, and then the kids are on their phones and they're lost. So you have to keep them active and involved, and if that means using a bit of technology, if it means having them get up and move around the room, doing collaborative work, um, gallery walks or things, that, um, that's destructive. Right. Kind of work. And How, you have to have to be involved in it. Yeah. Um, 
Any other thoughts about that? Those two said, how about oral testing in Spanish or French and whatever language, Japanese, German? Do, do, do you guys use oral testing a lot in the classroom? We try. We have um, an LMS called Canvas, and so we try to use studio where the kids make recordings. Here we've talked about using Flipgrid. Um, so yes, we definitely are trying. It's more difficult now than ever, I think, with our class sizes to interview students one at a time. So if we come up with stations, um, the kids can be doing. Yes, um, yeah, beautiful. Yes, beautiful. Students. So all those things are things that we try to do so that we get the all four domains in uh, every day. Yes, and uh, so the. Um, how about the parents? Anybody have any good ideas on how to get parents more involved in world language instruction or the community or things well, you might be doing? Um, now that we are going into a more technological systemic type of way, some parents are not too technological savvy. My body is always teach the parents in order to teach the children. And also, as far as cultural backgrounds, I think the parents will be instrumental to what we teach the kids because a lot of times we have culture shock and culture loss type of children who are from a specific background, but they don't get to the language because they are now in the United States or they are now somewhere else that they're not accustomed to. And because of the immigration, and how things are going right now, and people are dislocated, and they get culture shock because when wherever they get to, maybe their culture is not represented, or maybe their culture is not accepted. So we have all these things and their own wellness to deal with, even when we're talking about their cultures, because maybe they're coming from somewhere where they were oppressed. So we have to take all these things into consideration while we're teaching them, and also include the parents which I don't think we do enough of, but I think the more we include parents, the further we will go and the better we will know the kids because you use background information to have the children recall who they are because that's their identification and that's how you get through them. Good, very good, thank you. What about awards then for the students? Do you have any unique awards or what you do? during the school year to award outstanding work or even daily in the classroom. Any ideas on that or things that you do that are very effective? Oh, at the end of the year, <laughs> I always do uh, my paper plate awards. Okay. And I stole this from my language arts teacher days, and but I do it for each class and it goes to what their personality was in the class. And so oh, throughout the year, I collect ideas about that kid and specific kids. And of course, it's always positive. Um, I try not to do anything that, that would make them feel bad or whatever. But if it's a private joke that we have, or if it's something about their personality, like we have one little boy who knows that he can't sit still and everybody knows he can't sit still. And it's just a thing, he can't sit still. So he's Mr. Can't Sit Still. <laughs> and I make a little thing and I put my name on it in the class, in the uh -huh. class period. And um, 
I had parents come back to me the next year and tell me how much their kid loved my class and loved that silly paper plate award. <laughs> and then I had other, I never heard from some people and that's just the way it is. <laughs> but you know, I care about the kids. I want the kids to know, I want the kids to know that I'm still their teacher, even though I'm not maybe necessarily their teacher in the same classroom anymore. So I try to make that connection that way. But I don't like awards like the everybody gets something, that kind of award, like you, every, it's not achievement. It's on their personality so they know I connected with them personally. Right. Yeah, and I know a lot of people still give the sticker awards. They give um, candy and little candy things and, you know, to the middle school kids and elementary kids. And uh, do any of you do that? Any kind of things like that? I still do the candy because I do middle school. This is going to sound a little bit off, but the award for my student, and I try to cover all my six period by the end of the year, is that the period that does best testing at the, 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 the summative that I do and in conduct, they are um, able to go outside and uh, we record a TikTok dancing uh salsa or merengue or for me that's the award and that's what the students expect this year i did it with three classes administration didn't say nothing <laughs> and for next year i guess but that's at least the way of rewarding my students using tiktok yes world language fair yeah. here in lakeley county i don't know if in the other counties you do it by uh, during the months of January and February. We ask the students to work on a project. It could be a cultural project or some part of the language. And then we compete against other schools, high schools and middle schools in the county. And it's a, it's a huge thing. Well, Luis can talk more about that. Is that, yeah. the, is that the state contest? No, that's our local we have here. In you still have the state, too, right? We have a state with the Florida State Spanish Conference. And yeah. oftentimes people... Yeah, because I remember I went down that time and spoke with them that day. I forget yeah, where yeah. we were, Orlando, maybe. I can't remember where it was. I think it was Orlando. For the county, is for all languages. Yeah, for our county, it's for, um, for all the languages we have. We have a competition in um, uh, speaking. We have impromptu. We have declamations. We have... Uh, Posters, we have artwork, it's really kind of neat. And then what we've been trying to do, and some other counties do this automatically, we've been trying to get so that our winners will qualify because we qualify them to go to the state conference. So that's one thing we've been trying to do. Um, and we've been trying to make sure that we, and it's a, again, it's a work in progress, so we're trying to make sure we get to the Florida State Spanish Conference. Beautiful. So, yeah, that's that's wonderful. Now, so let's, let's talk a minute about um, positivity. Um, you have any advice for the listeners about how you stay positive as teachers? Uh, we never thought much about this, but I mean, do you have any things you go through where you, you have this positivity, enlightenment, and you say, oh, you know, I've got to really up my positivity today? Or do you think about it every day? Or do you just do it? You know, a lot of people are normally, they're just very positive people. Or do you have to work at it? Do you have to work at it? I guess that's probably a, a question. And if so, what any ideas on how the listeners can be more positive about about teaching? Any ideas? 
Yes. As a teacher, I believe if you're in it for the paycheck, you are in the wrong field. So you have to be passionate about what you're doing. You have to love, love, and love the children because it all starts with love. If you give your children, your students love, you become a parent first before you become the teacher. That's how I look at it. And once you get that, you know, and, 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 insinuate I could say then you could go on from there and set out your expectations and then once the children know what you expect from them then they'll give you a better outcome so yeah and then there's also 101 way to praise a child it could be a high five it could be great job like you're a star that motivates students and that's something that that's it, it, great that it's that's it yeah that's yes. that, that's you enormous yeah so yeah. yeah. Now, uh, where, I, where I teach at, it's, it, it's a college uh, situation, but and I've been there for quite a while now. And I think I spent 35 years in middle school and high school, and then I went to uh, Butler University. At any rate, I've noticed there, and I, I still notice, even the college kids, that if you make them feel good, you know, that to say good things a lot about people and the teacher or the students, it does wonders, right? It really does. And, uh, you know, and to recognize uh, they may not be brilliant, you know, but, but they do get the answers correctly. They try hard and they're hard workers. And sometimes you guys know this, if, if, if you've taught a while, I'll run into an ex-student who wasn't a very good student, you know, uh, maybe a C student. And uh, he might be the mayor of the city now, right? One guy I knew became chief of police, you know, and you know you you all have they do well or somebody owns their own company and they make a fortune, you know, and the kids. So you never know what they're going to do, right? And that's the power of creativity too. Uh, sometimes we have to we have to really I think we have to open the parameters of language learning a lot sometimes, you know, where we do different things so we can reach these people and. And uh, you get into uh, differentiated instruction, maybe multiple intelligence with Howard Gardner, some of those things. But, you know, where we meet the needs of these learners a lot. And it, it really helps them, I think, as you guys well said so well, uh, helps them a lot. Um, so if you had to say this next year, school year, what's the most neat, creative thing you want to do this coming school year? Let's start with the Marta. Marta, what, what about Marta? So, so I'm a curriculum facilitator. I don't have students in the classroom, so I support our teachers. Yeah, so, so yours would be for teachers, okay? Yeah, yeah. so I, I want to help teachers. One thing that one of my mentors told me years ago is to imagine, to have a picture of your own children in the classroom and imagine how you would want their teacher to be treating them during that period and treat the kids in your room the way you would want your child to be treated. I also think that we have an amazing opportunity with our awesome um, topic that we have is that we we are a place where we celebrate culture every day, all day. Kids that aren't even our students come to see us because they know we have created a place that's safe for them. And I would also like to push um, kind of marrying with CTE so that career tech ed 
showing students that through through different units that we create how learning this language and knowing this language would help them in hospitality would help them in traveling you know in those careers um hotel leisure all of those things like we a student that knows another language and is vying for a job should have a leg up over those students that don't those people that don't they're marketable they're much more marketable and it doesn't have to be oh you need two years so that you can go to college no this is you need more than that so that you are better able to serve people in the world of health medical travel there's a lot of things that knowing multiple languages help you with and so kind of pushing that this year is a goal for me yes beautiful yeah well said and and totally 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 true um so uh, mark what about you well in terms of the school i was just thinking about um, bringing some of my students to a lower level class to help them um, maybe get some types of activities on our morning announcements to promote world language yeah. and then uh, again just to reinforce the fact that creativity does well in the long run for looking for jobs and um, just keeping the positivity going and from a from an educational standpoint um, you know I was that teacher that thought about chapter one two three four and why I couldn't get to a certain chapter and I think this workshop has made me rethink what things are important in that level of Spanish and it's okay if we look at chapter six and then go back to chapter two so um, using the book as a tool, of course, but not necessarily relying on it exclusively. Exactly. Well said. Beautiful. That That is really, really important, Mark. That's um, maybe one of the things teaching that, uh, uh, especially the young teachers who are starting out, uh, you have to get so you do, don't depend on the textbook, right, so much. And, uh, and you look at the uh, having fun, enjoying language. And many of you said as well, the creativity factor, which is gonna help you get a job in a lot of things, right? And uh, uh, the kids, sometimes you, so we, we get stuck into this thing about, well, they have to go to college or they're gonna be a doctor or a lawyer, right? Or whatever. How about being a, a writer? How about being a film director? How about being a videographer and, you know, do some creative things? How about being a poet, you know? and. Uh, we don't have to just, every, we, we all don't do the same things, right? Thank God, right? It's the same way with teaching. Wouldn't it be boring if we did the same thing, all of us? I mean, could you imagine if you went to class every day and every class was the same, the structure was the same, the syllabus was the same, and the goals of the teachers were the same, and uh, it's our uniqueness that makes our educational system really one of the best in the world. And that's, that's why it's such a great, great system. Um, so um, now, um, Craig, what about Craig? What's Craig gonna be doing? Well, in our school district, class sizes is a big issue. Um, sometimes more language classes have 40, up to 45 students, mm -hmm. um, which is ridiculous. And you pack, pack the, those, that amount of students into classrooms that were not built for the number of students. And, and being able to get up and move around is a problem. Um, so creating group activities, 
um, that can all go into a basket. And then instead of students rotating groups, you, the baskets rotate to each group. So this it's like having centers, but the activity, instead of it, um, every, you know, this big, huge uh, break, because it takes students, you give them a second to talk, and then they, it takes two minutes to get them back together. So, um, you know, just kind of keeping the, the movement going and just pass the basket, okay, start back up again. Beautiful, 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 that's magnificent. Um, so is it, was there somebody, Serrata or something, Serrata? Sorada. Sorada, okay. What about you? What do you got going for the new new year coming up? Well, uh, something that we talked about here about creativity is the importance of creating that space where the students can feel just very safe, comfortable, secure, like you care about them and um, is creating that space. I just wanted to share quickly about conscious discipline. My background is elementary ed, preschool, and special education. And one of the most important things that we focus on is creating a place where students feel that they are loved and appreciated. And so um, I was a kindergarten high school teacher this year. And I didn't mind because I gave out stickers. I gave out the candy. I you know, celebrated them. And so creating, continuing to create that positive environment, teaching them to advocate for themselves. And I told them all year, this past year, if you didn't learn anything from Mrs. Vaje, I hope you learned to be critical thinkers, <laughs> to advocate for yourself and others, and to say please and thank you. So I think constantly building in those social skills and that, um, that love for self and that confidence and learning to be a world citizen will continue to be uh, a focus for me this year. Beautifully said. Um, the, um I'll share with you guys an experience I had a long time ago and I when I first started teaching I'm in a junior high middle school and it was um, um, we had uh, no walls it was one of the new modern theories at the time and uh, and we experimented and we did a lot of crazy things and it was one of the most creative group of teachers I ever worked with including high school college this group was it's teachers. They were very gifted people, and I was so fortunate to be with them. And we learned so much, and the kids were from a, a low economic class, and uh, they were tough kids, and they were hard to teach. But it was just uh, uh, like you just said, that we, were, we tried to raise the kids up and make them feel good and make them want to have, be successful. And I can tell you many years later, many of them did become successful, and some of them are on my Facebook, and uh, some of them did really well. And they weren't great students, but they ended up getting pretty darn good jobs and are living very well. And uh, But they were creative. Most of them were creative. And I think that's how a lot of people get through a lot of the things in life, because they're very creative, right? And we need to recognize probably more the creative people, too, and learn from them, and which we can do. You don't have to be... Uh, uh, an Albert Einstein to be creative, right? So uh, that's something important. Um, okay, then we had, uh, was it, who was the next one, Janice? Janette. Janette, okay. Huh? Okay, what about you for next year? Okay, so I think it, uh, the last probably three years, we focused more on technology because we couldn't, uh, 
do the things that we used to do before, right? Because of COVID. So I think I'm going to focus more on movement, on try to do TPR activities, and things that where students can move around, talk to each other, share um, activities and stuff like that. Okay, beautiful. That's uh, that's a, gr- a great, interesting observation. And I think we talked about this um, the other day, I guess it was when, when I talked to you guys about creativity. One of the things that um, this idea of um, um, movement and in, in, uh, uh, being uh, human again, right? And you get the kids out doing these, they did, they love still doing, I think, skits. They like to do little skits. They like to role play and, uh, and be dramatic and things and sing and all the great things and dance and all these neat things. But if you do that with the kids, it really creates this human touch, right? And the human touch is what really makes language learning fun, right? And we have to be thinking about doing this a lot, especially after COVID, because we couldn't do it. We had our mask on, we were teaching with masks, uh, and we were teaching hybrid and every other way under the sun. And, you know, so the the teachers, all of you deserve uh, 10,000 rewards for making it through COVID and uh, doing the great job that you did. But now we can hopefully get back to humanity again, as you said, and moving around and uh, talking with each other in groups, talking the language live. Uh, it's a great thing, right? It really is a great thing. And, you know, we can have, you know, we have, we can, the kids can connect to people in the countries and talk, etc., via Skype and via Zoom, etc., etc. And there's so many ways they can communicate, but there's nothing like being live, right? And talking live to each other every day in class. And that's really what makes language teaching fun, right? And uh, that's something to, we really got to treasure. Now, was it Al, the next person? Thank you for those great ideas. Al? Yes. Okay. Oh. How are you? Good, um, thanks. For the next year, um, I'm going to try to focus on assessments more specifically. Um, I feel that we try to differentiate a lot with the um, classroom activities, but when it comes to showing mastery of content, uh, we still tend to have one way of showing it. So we have one test, we have one assessment, and um, the truth is every student learns differently, but also can show mastery of content differently. So um, I'm trying to see how we can have the skills and uh, try to find at least two or three ways to get to showing those skills. And um, that I think will um, really bring uh, students at a, at a level where maybe some students cannot show that they actually grasp the concept just because the assessment was just very standardized. Um, so I'm in a private school sector, so there's a little bit more freedom, and I'm, I'm hoping that we can bring that into uh, the public um, school district as well uh, once it's a little bit more uh, refined, but that's my main goal. Okay, thank you very much. Super. Now, the, uh, I think this was the last person, and who's left, and who is that? Do we have anybody missed? Or no, we, we have two. But we have two left. Okay. All right. Well, who, who's the, who are the last two? All right. Let me see. Five of us. There's five of us. Six of us left. Oh, there's six left. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We missed them at the intro then, right? Yeah. 
Okay, who's next? Uh, this is Susan. Oh, Susan, hello. I okay, I I got you up here. I I did put you down somewhere up here. Yes, I see Susan. Okay. So, um, I what I love about conferences is I love getting new ideas from people and talking to other educators and and finding other creative ways to do things and being reminded of things that maybe I've done in the past. I've been teaching for a long time. So what I'm excited to take back to my classroom are some of the things that we've talked about with other teachers here. And um, one thing that really resonates with me and that I, I always want to try to do and I still want to do better is to make that personal connection with each student and to know what they like and what they don't like and to use that to guide some of my content so that I get more buy-in from them. Um, that's the first thing I want to say. That's beautiful. I'm, that That is a great thing to do. Ex excellent. Yes. Okay. And then the other thing that I want to do is to, um, to say about speaking and how um, I like the video aspect of videotaping their speaking because then they can perfect it, they can work on it. But I also like the one-on-one -on -one when nobody else is listening because I keep the other side of the room busy with something else and they have to look at me. I don't always look at them because it makes them nervous, but they have to look at me and I ask them a question and they have to answer me. They have to be able to respond to the question in the target language. I teach French. It's a little hard for pronunciation sometimes, but that, that practice with the back and forth and back and forth builds that muscle memory that they need because it's a muscle memory for your brain as well as for your body. Yes, beautiful. Yeah, well said. R magnificent. Yeah, that is really, really good. Um, the um, one thing uh, to throw in here too about speaking, I always found that, that speaking language is kind of like uh, an osmosis, right? And uh, you can't expect too much early so at level one and two, uh, people are not going to be speaking like Don Quixote, you know, or writing like Cervantes or, or you know, or whatever. They're not going to be doing that, right? Uh, I mean, as far as their ability, but you, little by little, they go a long way. So if you can get those kids into those upper level classes, right, then there's a big payoff then, right? So uh, I always did a little at a time, right? And little by little, uh, what is that they say? Um, little by little, one goes a long way, right? Step by step. And uh, so I think just be patient on level one and two, right? And encourage the kids. And then lots of positivity so you get those kids in those third and fourth year classes. Um, okay, now we, we have two left, three left. Five. Five. Um, five left, okay. All right, who's next? Okay. Yes. Me? Yes. Okay, Rosanna here. <clears throat> okay, what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> okay, what I'm going to do this year, right? <laughs> what's mine? Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. okay. Um, um, first of all, um, nothing is going to happen in your classroom if you don't build a relationship with your students. That's something that you learn on the go. That's something that you need to have very present in your mind in order 
to uh, the learning in your classroom happen. Okay, second, for next year, as, as Jeanette said, that we're being so technology-wise, I want to go to the basics for next year. I want to do a pen pal with a group of students back in Puerto Rico. I taught in Puerto Rico for 13 years. I still have some fellow co-workers there in a high school. So I want to do a pen pal in Spanish with the classes of a fellow professor named Silvia Ruiz. We talked about it before, then Maria, then the earthquakes, then this and that and happened. So let's see it for next year. Finally, we get out of the seven plaques that have been around and um, uh, we, I can do the, the finally the uh, pen pal with my students back in the south of the island where I come from. Okay. Also, we are going to use TikTok in okay. a very academic way. Okay. Yeah. You do the duos, you do the duo with me answering the question that I do. So let's see how it works and how administration will take Yes, okay. Yeah, that's great. You know, years ago they used to, when YouTube first came on, the, the administrators went bananas. Remember, you couldn't use YouTube, right? And then now it's totally changed. So that, yeah, there's that's great stuff. Okay, now who who got left, Louise? Um, I'm Julie Noel, and um, I speak French, I speak Spanish, and I'm a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, I am originally from Haiti. I spent 32 years in New York, and now I'm here in Florida. So what I would like to do differently is to first of all teach the children about respect because when you have respect then you are able to accept the community the world around and teach them how to interact with their community so that they could get they could benefit the best out of it so i don't have to be haitian to walk into a haitian store and ask for julia john john which is rice and dry mushroom and fried pork because i like the culture and i want to enjoy their food or I don't have to be Mexican to walk into a Mexican store to actually buy maybe a chichimanga and enjoy it. So teaching the children about what's available in their community, how to use it, teaching them about respect, mutual respect, self-respect, and moral values, which I think we're losing a lot of. And that's what, for me, will make the change. I've always taught it, but I think we need to do more of that. And another thing for me, you feed the body, then you feed the body. So you don't know what the children's background are. There are a lot of factors that affect our family these days. So a child may come to you, you think they're ready to learn, but they're hungry. So you need to feed them first, physically, before you can actually feed them. Out. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, Luis, how many more? Two? Three more with me. Go ahead. Um, Amaryllis here. Um, and since I am almost the last person to talk, I think I'm going to get every single thing that every person here has said, and I'm going to make a mix of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it in place for next year. Um, but most definitely, a student interaction. Student in interaction, movement. I did this past year of uh, escape rooms where there are centers in the room and students have to go in small groups 
deciphering a phrase or a vocab word. And then after they get the last key, then they have the exit out of the room. And I think that's a great activity for students to move around, interact among themselves. They're having a lot of fun and at the same time they're learning. Beautiful, yes. The escape room is quite quite interesting, isn't it? They, um, has everybody done the escape room yet? No. No, she talked about it, so we're, we're I, thinking about it. I recently did it with my uh, grandkids, and they're 8, 10, and 12. <laughs> it was quite an experience, and their parents. So they were all there, and we went into the escape room, and it was quite an experience. To, that would be an understatement, right? I mean, under, it was just phenomenally interesting, and we did get out five minutes early, that, thanks to their giving us clues, obviously. Uh, if you've ever done it, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but it's fun. It was great fun for the kids. Yeah, and there's people doing language materials now centered around the escape room. So that the really interesting stuff going on. Um, so uh, any other, is that it? One more, Luis? Yeah, that is. Yeah, this is me, Omar Perez. Omar, um, viva Cuba, eh? Viva Cuba. <laughs> Adelante, La Habana. Hey, muy bien, eh? Algo de, de Cuba, de Jose Martí, ¿verdad? Okay. Um, one of the things that I've been, you know, you know, pondering about and thinking about working on and be more, uh, let's say, uh, focus more on uh, intentional. That's the word. I think is trying to uh, uh, take more advantages of the uh, treasure we have in our classrooms, uh, especially here in this uh, Southwest, you know, Florida, where we have kids from all over the world, you know from different backgrounds, Spanish-speaking countries. So I'm trying to be more intentional in the use of more uh, cooperative learning. How do I help those kids that are coming from, mostly from, uh, we had a lot, a lot of kids coming from, uh, you know, Guatemala who speak no English at all, but they are part of my Spanish, you know, you know class. And then how do, how do I make, you know, how do I help them learn English at the same time they're working with other kids who are learning Spanish? So, um, you know, I'm going to try to be more intentional on that this year. And that's my focus for this year. Try to make, uh, you know, it's a, it's a jewel we have in classrooms, you know, treasure. But I, and I want to be more intentional on the use of that, you know, collaboration. How do I help those kids who are not, uh, who don't speak English at all, but at the same time they speak Spanish and then those kids who want to learn Spanish. Beautiful. So, yes. That. Outstanding. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, for you people who don't know, uh, uh, in the summer, I have teacher programs, and uh, uh, I take teachers, and we uh, do a program in Madrid, in España, Madrid, and we do another one in Guadalajara, Mexico. And seven years ago, uh, we've done about seven programs now in La Habana, in Cuba. And uh, I just want to say about uh, Cuba, that's one of the neatest places I've ever been. Some of the nicest people in the world that I've ever met live in La Habana, Cuba, and they're just beautiful people. And uh, hopefully that we're going to be able to trade with them here soon and, and, and perhaps open some doors and, and uh, help the, the people a lot because they, they really have a tough time uh, economically. So, uh, yeah. Um, okay, we get everybody, Luis? Yeah, I'm just going to end up with saying that next year what I want to do is I want to get, uh, first I want to write my book. <laughs> I write that book. Okay. And 
know, also in school, I want to make sure that I work with my students a little bit more. Um, I work with them a lot, but just listening to this group here um, inspires me more to continue. Um, I know I have a group of kids that, that my hook is to get kids that I can accompany. I don't know if that makes sense, but I have to accompany a group of kids through their four years. So I'm at the finish of one group I just finished, and now I have another group that I have to make sure they get through. So I always have to find that hook of kids that carry me through. And when I don't find that hook, then I know I'm done. But I have, I keep finding that hook. So I want to make sure I find my hook of kids that I can help push them through um, so that, you know, as they continue on, I know that I've gotten them out there. Like you said, on Facebook, you get people that, that are attached to you. So I have students that are 20 years ago that are my students and they still ask about things and they, they tell me about stuff that I never wanted to know happened. But it's interesting. So, uh, anyways, it's kind of fun. But I want to, I want to kind of regroup the kids and, and like get them traveling and, um, and going places and going to conferences. But you know, but anyways, I also, have, I also want to have another conference like this of some sort. I want to have another one with Henry County and Collier County and some of the other counties. You want to get back together and do something else again. So um, we're going to close the program and thank you all for being with us. And thank you, Luis, for uh, uh, bringing the group onto the to our uh, podcast. And thanks to the Apple Corporation for sponsoring the podcast. And one thing I've noted here, it, it, the big thing that I've noticed, are two things I think stand out with this great group of teachers. And the listeners, I'm sure, will agree with this. It's a beautifully diverse group of teachers. The cultures that are represented here is tremendous diversity in this great country, the melting pot of the world, right? And uh, also the creativity that you guys all have. It's just been magnificent. And uh, Luis is fortunate to have all you guys, and I'm sure he knows that, how creative you all are. You know, they're just, it was great hearing your ideas and, and your enthusiasm for teaching. It's just magnificent. and. Uh, I, th I hope the listeners get excited about listening to you because you really uplifted everybody, I think, and, uh, you know, just beautifully said all of the ideas you had and things. It's been an honor to be with you guys, and uh, if you're ever in Indiana, you look me up, and uh, I'm in a, a town called Fishers, Indiana, it has about 100,000 people. And like you, I taught my whole life, and uh, I'm not rich, <laughs> as we know in teaching, right? I mean, we're, we're, we we do okay, but you know, it's the, you know, I wish you guys made another hundred thousand a year, right? All the teachers, I wish we could get more pay for everybody. I think that over the next twenty years, we've got to do something uh, and get people you know, reward you with all the work you do, because I remember what it was like teaching six classes a day. I did it for thirty-five years. And I taught six classes about every day. And some semesters I'd have 180 kids. And you know what that's like. And you know, you go home at night and you grade your homework and all those things. And, and it never stops. And uh, so uh, um, I, I, my, you guys may not know this, but my son is a Spanish professor. He, he got his PhD in Spanish. My daughter-in-law is a Spanish professor. She has a PhD in Spanish and my wife has a master's degree in Spanish literature, and she was a middle school teacher her whole career. And uh, I, and I have a master's in Spanish literature. We met, my wife and I did, at Indiana University in a class called Medieval Spanish Literature class. <laughs> Hardest class I've ever taken in my lifetime. And it was incredibly difficult. And uh, But anyway, so we're a family of uh, teachers. My, my daughter's in business, 
and um, she obviously, you know, did better financially than we did teaching, but still well. You know, we do it for the love of the kids, right? And that's what this is about. And uh, and uh, you guys are certainly representative of the best of the best in teachers. I'm totally impressed and amazed at you guys. And uh, it's just been an honor to have you on the show. Okay, so we will catch up, right? Uh, I, I don't know whether I'm going to go to Ackfell or not. Do any of you ever go to Ackfell? I usually go. And uh, this year I haven't decided yet. I'm a little I'm still not sure how the, the, the COVID's going to uh, play out by then, but I think it'll be okay. Uh, but uh, it is going to be the first Ackfell since um, pr- pr- three years ago, I think. So if you get a chance, uh, try to support it. It's in Boston, in Boston, Massachusetts. And uh, we have a great conference here in Indiana, the 1st of November, and I know you guys have a conference. And uh, so try to go to those conferences and just keep up and share your ideas, helping other teachers too. You know, you, you help teachers too, you know. It, it just isn't your, your, your students, but you're helping teachers. And uh, so uh, have a great day and we'll catch up, okay? And thank you so much, you guys. Applausos for you guys, eh? And now we're going to continue uh, on a little bit. And um, let me get...